Hey, everybody, Christian and I welcome you back to another episode of Mondays with Mindy. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Today's episode features a conversation with Lizzie Tisch. Lizzie hails from Long Island, New York, and earned her BA from the College of Literature, Science, and the Arts at University of Michigan. She started her career in the insurance and baking industries before focusing her efforts in the fashion arena. She's a member of Vanity Fair's International Best Dress List Hall of Fame and a contributing editor to Town & Country, was a co-founder of the beloved membership-based shopping destination Suite 1521. Her latest endeavor, Lizzie Tisch Discoveries, which is a fashion and art event consultancy. LTD brings exciting collaborations and unique products to design lovers like myself. LTD infuses shopping with an excitement and sense of discovery by offering limited edition products and exclusive experience. Some of my personal faves that I have actually participated in, Ashley Longshore, Bunny Eyes, Flower Shop, Lisa Eisner Jewelry, and Lingua Franca. Ongoing LTD events showcase the best in art, beauty, design, fashion, and travel. She is passionate about a number of causes, works with and supports many nonprofit organizations, including serving as a member of the board of City Meals on Wheels and as a member of the board of trustees for New York Presbyterian Hospital and the town school. She's also actively involved with the Hudson Yards Multidisciplinary Arts Center, The Shed, as am I. Lizzie lives in New York City with her husband, John, and her daughter, Mason. Amazing. I'm excited to get to know her. I know our audience must be as well. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome to the show, Lizzie Tish. Hi, and welcome. Thank you for having me. I love this. Of course. Oh my God, you look so glamorous. It's like the infusion of like New York glamour, fashion, and adorableness that I needed in my oh, life thank today. Thank you. I mean, I just feel like after six months of <laughs> forgetting how to get dressed, I walked into my closet and I was like, oh. I remember you. <laughs> I know. They were like, Mother, please, please put us on. Take me, choose me, take me. <laughs> That's like a painfully right, so, identifiable. <laughs> yeah, right? to everyone. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, so we start each episode where I'm gonna pick like five random questions and we'll just like give it a give it a go. Okay. Okay, Miss Lizzie. What's your favorite place to travel to and why? Paris. Mm. which we it was our anniversary last week and we had that's right happy anniversary thank you very much and we had booked it back in april with fingers crossed that of course we'd be able to go right yes no instead i was at unions i was at union square cafe on whatever 16th street which was lovely Better than nothing. How many trips have you had to cancel since March? I'm very curious. Uh, let me see. Oof. Five? Wow. Yeah. Wow. I thought so. Yeah. That hurts. I know. That hurts. We're, we're traveling herd. Yeah. We're, we're travelers and I'm a planner. And so this has actually been a nightmare for me. I mean, we are the I kind of people that, you know, plan six months in advance. We know where we're eating. I mean, other people might find us a little annoying, but... But once that was, I do not. Day, <laughs> it's like type A personality, perfect. Yeah, no, it's a hundred percent, and my husband's just as bad, if not worse. And <laughs> so this has been the biggest struggle for us: is the lack of being able to plan. We don't know what do we do. I mean, Lauren actually right. wrote to me and said, "Are you going here for Christmas vacation?" I said, "I don't know." I know who knows exactly <laughs> who knows. I say the same thing. I'm like, I don't know. Let you know. <laughs> Last minute. Add on top of the fact that our passport is worth, you know, 
less than our toilet paper. So <laughs> there's a little bit of that. We hope the change will be soon. That's all I were going to say on that. <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah. when was the last time you cried? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to be so crass. <laughs> well, but seriously, like, are you a crier? I'm really not a crier. I used to be a crier. As a kid, I was a crier. My older brother used to say I wouldn't cry over spilled milk. I'd cry over the possibility of milk spilling. <laughs> I was a very sensitive, delicate child and yes. flipped the switch as I got older. And so I'm not a huge crier, but I will say during this quarantine period, there were moments of hysterics and break downs and we all had them at different times so that was helpful yes <laughs> always helpful it wasn't a, a triple meltdown because that wouldn't have been good yes but for the most part I haven't cried recently other than at like silly commercials and stuff like that yes well that's always delicious I mean I'm ready for those kind of cries always and my yeah. 17 year old looks at me and goes are you crying yes. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Is she back in school, correct? She's back in school on a modified schedule. Two days okay. on, two days on. Okay. But at least she's going in person and she's so happy to be in person. Oh, she and her friends must be. I can only imagine. I mean, they all are. It's too much in front of a screen. Yeah, agreed. What do you do when you're stuck, either creatively or for an idea or what do you do Ugh. to break up your, to like clear your mind? Yeah. I know this is also a really weird time to ask this question. No, but. I mean, it's funny. It's like normally it, it's an interesting question because I don't usually get stuck. My problem is too many ideas running around my brain that like I need to kind of control the madness a little bit. Oh, uh, So how do you do that? How do you put the list? I always love this visual for me. It's like put the list instead of horizontally, vertically. Yes, it's like the pro-con list and you like figure out what is, it's for me, it's the thing that's going to drive me crazy if I don't do it. So I take it from the, oh my God, okay, I've got these three ideas, let's say. This one is like the bugaboo in my brain and if I don't do it, I'm going to totally regret it and it's going to drive me crazy. And I happen to have had that over the summer. I had this great concept for an idea and then some family stuff and some COVID stuff things kind of came together and I had to cancel it, but it's still sitting there and I'm still trying to figure out how to make it work. Yeah. Is it for LTD or is it? Yes. It's for, well, it's a combination. It was for LTD, for uh, No Kid Hungry. So it was had a fundraising component oh. to it. And it had my favorite now exercise class, Isaac Boots, which became a thing for me during quarantine because I hate to exercise, but I was going to go down a very bad rabbit hole if I, if I didn't do something. <laughs> <laughs> so Isaac's class became like, I make fun of my husband who goes to SoulCycle seven days oh a week. Oh my gosh. But okay. he also, he's <laughs> got to understand that he has to be made fun of because he is, he's an addict. It's totally fine. And he is totally fine being made fun of. He understands his position. <laughs> But now I, the tables have turned and he thinks I'm in a cult and oh my gosh. I am now getting made fun of. And you know what? I can take it. I totally go. I'm fine with it. I admit <laughs> it. I'm embracing my cultiness. Okay. Yeah. Listen, of all the addictions you could have, it's okay. Yeah. So just to go back to answer how I get unstuck right now, it's, yes. it's more of the just trying to figure out what really can be done in this moment of time and then kind of taking it. I usually go on like a very fast pace and get things done quickly. And so now it's like, all right, we're going to test the waters and try to figure out what can actually happen under the circumstances. 
Yeah. It's, slowing down is not always a bad a bad thing for people who move quickly. No. And, and sometimes it like, you know, makes you pause and think of things and kind of, all right, you know what, maybe this is a good moment to pivot and regroup, but right. I'm just not used to stopping. So it, it's been an adjustment. I know. I bet. Lizzie, who is your favorite relative and why? Uh-oh. I'm going <laughs> to In the moment. We won't hold you to it. You won't get in trouble. Let's take like you getting in trouble or getting like, you know. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my children and my husband aside. Yeah. Why not? Like, just don't get yourself in trouble. <laughs> it's really hard. I'm one, I'm one of five. <laughs> and I like my sibling. I'm probably my mother. I'd have safe. to say my mother. It's safe. Yeah. It feels right. <laughs> Can't go wrong with the mother card. You no, know? never. <laughs> oh, there she's not a lot. It's a loser answer, but it's, it's the right one. It isn't. It's so not a loser answer. Well, not in my book. Um, what's the last thing you binged on? Or what are you currently obsessed with? Right right now, Criminal Minds. I okay. have like a real like murder police, you know, situational drama problem. Like okay. my go-to background noise, like at any moment, if you walk into my, where I'm sitting now, there's a TV. And if you go anywhere, if you walk in at any time, it's either like, Chicago PD, Law and Order SVU, okay, Blue Blood. <laughs> There's some procedural okay. drama on the TV. That is your it's like, almost like my relaxing. Like some people have E on all day long and keeping up with the Kardashians or the Real Housewives. Like to me, all of that stuff is my go-to. So I sort yeah. of I had seen a couple of episodes of Criminal Minds and thought maybe it was a little too dark, but then I really got into it. <laughs> And discovered that there's 15 seasons <laughs> and I'm only on season two. <laughs> oh my gosh. You want to talk about a vortex? There she goes. I mean, but at least it'll keep me busy. Like the spa has yes. no TV, so I will bring the laptop and, you know, there you go. Do you, do you gravitate more towards like uh, fictional stories of that nature? Or do you kind of like doc- true documentaries and stuff? Yeah, I mean, I, I do. Like we, during quarantine, I watched so much TV that I put up an Instagram meme at one point that I had finished Netflix like and now what you know that was one of my favorites yes I mean I did a lot of different things like I, we watched Unorthodox which I loved we yeah, watched really good. The Great with um, Elle Fanning oh. which I thought was hilarious one of my favorites <laughs> I love that Huzzah. yes and I'm also now <laughs> yes if you have not watched I'm obsessed with Ted Lasso okay on Apple you need to just jump in it's probably one of the best things I've seen okay and then I did like then I went in a different direction, watch like the, listen to the Elizabeth Holmes podcast that Rebecca Jarvis did and read that oh. book, which was amazing. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I mixed it up a little bit. Yes. All right. So I don't know if it's, we're so big Christian that it's, that everyone <laughs> understands our backstory yet, mm-hmm. but um, you know, Christian and I kind of created this podcast because the one thing during this time that I was missing personally was just connecting to creatives. And Absolutely. you know this, we know this about each other. We're very social and, and I get my energy and I get inspired by talking to other people and being around other people. So um, how do you define your creative process as you see it? And what is inspiring you right now, if there's anything or inspired you before? Well, I always say that the creativity that I possess 
like missed a gene. Like my mother used to make handbags. Mason is a, a budding photographer and is like, she's reading Dante's Inferno right now. And part of their class is they have to draw out and visualize the cantos. And she's showing me the stuff that she was drawing. And I literally look at her and I said, I don't understand how you do that. If I tried to put a pen on a piece of paper, it would end up looking like a hangman stick figure. Stick figures, me too. It's so embarrassing. And, and, and so I say that it missed the gene. So the way that I think I'm creative is just the way I visualize things and the way I put together things. And sort of how the LTD, how the LTD process came about was this idea of like, I've always loved being a hunter and a finder of new brands and finding what the, what's exciting, finding what's new finding what's hard to find, which is not so easy anymore. You know, now with the internet and every store in every city, it's not as interesting. And so I kind of wanted to figure out how to clear out the clutter. And by doing that and editing things in a certain way, whether it was, yes. you know, books to read or beauty products to buy or clothes well, or accessories. I, I think in order to be a patron of the arts in all forms, and being an artist yourself and a creative yourself. That's how I figure. My, my dad's a businessman. He's one of the most creative people that I know, whether it has to do with marketing or just aesthetically his taste level. So I sort of have a broader sense. I think they go hand in hand. I mean, John, yes. you know, yeah. is in the hotel business. And even though he's chairman and CEO of the company, he's still like his favorite part is the design of the hotel and how do really? people use public spaces. And, and so, you know, we actually like, we would bounce ideas off of each other. And so he would always come with me to to showrooms and would go to shopping, you know, different stores to see like, what is that customer experience like? Because I think that mm -hmm. falls yeah. into, you know, whether it's going out to eat at a restaurant or going to a hotel or traveling, it's all combined. 100%. Yeah. So what are who inspires you the most? I mean, do you need to be out and about and looking at things? Are you a dreamer? Like what's your um, MO? I mean, I definitely think being out and about and seeing just people, I think are, you know, I think people with the best style are the ones that just, you know, it's not anybody you've ever heard of. It's not a famous person with a stylist. It's just somebody yes. on the street corner. I mean, there was a woman who worked with me in my old business and I would look at, she would come in, you know, she was not spending a lot of money on her clothes, but she would walk in every day and I would just look at her like, Lacey, how, how did you do this? And yeah. I mean, and it was amazing. And everything she wore just was so her and was so happy. And mm. if anyone else put this together, you're like, do you have mirrors <laughs> in your house? You okay? Um, you can dress in the dark, you know, whatever. But yeah. it's so I, I really find that people in various environments inspire me. I will say that Instagram has been a huge kind of visual, you know, amazing place for me to find things. I found some really cool stuff, just kind of going deep diving into different accounts and following people mm -hmm. that I think are, you know, really creative and interesting. Yes. And I think even now, even though it's hard, I think there's plenty of things to be inspired by. I mean, I think just sort of this moment of kind of taking a step back and thinking, okay, you know, maybe I'm not going out as much or maybe I'm not shopping as much, but you know, it's the sort of hopefulness that we're going to, yes. this will end eventually right. and yes. we will get back to that place. And I think at that moment, people are going to be ready to go. Yes. Well, that's the one thing for me uh, outside of talking and connecting with people is for me traveling. I get incredibly inspired, grounded. I feel spiritual when I travel. And it's the one thing I truly cannot wait to get back to. 
Uh, I miss it. I think the most out of anything. I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's like the energy yes. you feel when you go someplace new or someplace that you love. It's just, you know, the air smells different and the textures right. and the colors. And I mean, I agree. I I said to John, the second that Paris opens, I don't care what he's doing. We're going. <laughs> <laughs> Get that passport ready. I love that. Yeah. Yes, that's a good wish. I like that very much. So have your latest obsessions then obviously given your, you know, where you've been, have they been on Instagram or what are you currently like obsessed with right now? Is there, is there something or a company or a person or a a something? Well, I mean, I would say our mutual friend, Jill has gotten me through some of this with um, Dan's yell, you know? (laughs) Well, First of all, I'm so obsessed with Suzanne talking about John and his soul cycle addiction. Suzanne is funny. She doesn't speak to me the same way as... (laughs) <laughs> I just, she makes me cackle, but yes, I am. And now, uh, the latest one, uh, Melania's, um, childhood friend, best friend. <laughs> oh God, I can't. Yes. When I first saw the first character and growing up in the five towns in the South shore of Long Island, I mean, my daughter, Mason only wants me to talk like that all the time. She thinks the accent is, is the funniest thing. She's like, Please it is talk like that. Can't you get that accent? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently you can. <laughs> yes, it comes right back. It's there. You know, it's talk there. to me after one martini and it goes <laughs> right back. You know, it, the Oz don't sound as clear anymore, but yeah, yes. I went to college in the Midwest and they didn't take kindly to my Long Island accent. So I, I had to clean it up. Is that when you kind of like when it kind of disappeared is when you were in Michigan? Yeah, after freshman year in college. Yes. yes. <laughs> the Midwesterners didn't care for it. <laughs> Little did they know. Yes. Exactly. So tell me a little bit about your, I don't know, however much you want to talk about it or not, that your trajectory from like finance to what you are doing now. It's funny. When I was in college, I guess I should go back. I had a couple of internships. One was working at a PR firm that specialized in fashion. And that was the first summer job I had. I had worked in stores also in high school. Right. But this was my first kind of foray. The office was in the garment center. I probably walked over to the Fairchild. I think I was at WWD every day. It was the worst job of my entire life. And I can say that I was an insurance broker for six years, so I know what I speak. So (laughs) (laughs) I hated the people. I hated the environment. I hated every aspect of it. But I always was interested in fashion and design. And when I graduated and was unemployed, we graduated in May. And by Labor Day, my parents kept saying, you know, it's Labor Day. (laughs) Yes. You might want to start looking for a job. And at that point, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I had worked a couple of summers on the trading floor at Smith Barney and another job working for their brokerage arm. And I just was sort of at a loss and, you know, was vacillating between something in fashion, working for a magazine. And my mother looked at me and she do you want to be able to afford the clothes or work for the people that are making them? Well, oh, okay. <laughs> Does that mean you're not buying them for me anymore? <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up working at Smith Barney in their meeting planning department, which back then, this is 1994. I started in November and this was sort of like the wild, wild west of Wall Street. You know, I mean, yeah. I don't even really think we had like T&Es and receipts and people, you know, investment bankers were getting 
and cocaine and hookers and everyone was having a grand old time. And we would organize all of these trips, whether it was for the research analysts or the bankers or reward trips for the salespeople. So I was traveling to all these places, which was super fun. But then after two years of it, I thought, I don't want to sit in a boardroom or a ballroom. And when, you know, I'm sitting at overlooking Pebble Beach and I'm like, I want to be the one who's getting rewarded. I don't want to be the one planning these. Plus, as you can imagine, some of the people you worked with were charming. (laughs) I can't imagine. Very, very charming. And I had a crazy boss. So it was a whole thing. And while I was thinking about what else I wanted to do, they created a department that was called Target Marketing. And it really came out of the need that Smith Barney's clients, they were researching and they found they were basically middle-aged white men who, and any female client they had were these men's widows. And they started to think, oh, well, in 15 years, we're going to have no clients left unless we start targeting a very different demographic than what we're used to. And I ended up working in this department. It was my boss and myself, and we created the first high net worth women's initiative within bank. And that kind of then led to other demographics. And I did that for several years and I loved it. I mean, it was the first time that Smith Barney had an ad in Vogue and we were working with really interesting women and we were like, no one's ever talked to us. You know, they always call and ask for my husband. And it was a really interesting experience. And it also shed light on a lot of things of mistakes that women make. You know, they don't think to put a credit card in their own name. Then when you need credit, if something happens, you can't get it. Or if you're getting divorced, you get attached to the house sell the house. You'll buy a new one. Like bad memories anyway. (laughs) Bad juju. But really like advocating for... Advocating and teaching women to advocate for themselves and ask the Mm -hmm. questions. You know, when you get your statement, don't just let them tell you what's on it. And I think it was a really important lesson and I love doing it, but it was sort of, I had already been there for about seven years. It was 2000 and I was like, I'm too young to be at this job (laughs) for this long. And I had just gotten married for the first time and I was like, I want to work at a doctor or something cool. And I ended up going to this marketing company, which to their credit, they were like one of the first people to put celebrities with products like Jessica Simpson and Redken hair products when she was not particularly famous. So things like that. And it was an interesting concept, but I mean, it was so funny because I thought it was everything I was going to love. I could come to work in jeans and we started at 930 and everyone was young. (laughs) I hated it. so much. I was like, nobody, inmates are running the asylum. Yeah. <laughs> People are dressed in sweatpants. I mean, it was, yes. So it was an interesting discovery to realize that I need structure. And, you know, there's part of me that likes being told what to do and where to go and what I'm responsible for, you know, and I yes. think that's a very good lesson to learn when you're looking for a job and you're realizing, you know what, maybe I'm yeah. not ready to do my own thing. Maybe I don't want to be responsible. No, there's something to be said for the worker bees. I tend to be a worker bee, even though I'm yes. a creative. I same. I like a boss. Yes. I like whether it's a director or a producer, yes. but I, I work well like that. I follow the rules really mm-hmm. well. It's like, I always <laughs> say that's why I like baking, but I don't like cooking. I'm very good with directions. You know? <laughs> All right. It's a great analogy too. Yeah. yeah no. So, and then I, and I really hated this job. And then I subsequently got fired after nine 11 because nobody was spending money on these kinds of things. Yes. And I, I just remember being so upset. And my father was like, you're just mad that they fired you before you quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fine. You have a point. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, but still, that's great. Whoever did it, it got you out. It got me out. And I think getting fired is also a really good, humbling lesson of... Agreed. You know what? Okay, better to go and then stay too long. And yeah. so that was that. And then I was unemployed for about a year and I was redecorating an apartment and then started down a rabbit hole of watching General Hospital with my former mother-in-law every day at three <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon. And my mother took me to lunch and she hands me a, a business card and she says, tomorrow you will be going down to the Willis Group down near Wall Street. You will, you have an appointment with this woman. She's the head of HR and you're going to get a job. (laughs) Well, go mom. Time for you to go back to work. And the truth is like, I always liked having a job. I was not good with idle hands. I think it gets you into a lot of trouble, at least for me. So I marched down to Willis and it was the weirdest job interview I've ever had because most of the time you're selling yourself. Why should we hire you? What makes you so fabulous? These interviews were why would you want to work here? No one ever wants to work in insurance. Could you not get a job anyplace else? <laughs> it was incredibly bizarre, but it worked out well. And what my original position was supposed to be and what it morphed into was the bottom line is that I'm an excellent salesperson. So even though I didn't know like the real weeds of DNO and casualty and yes. life and whatever, I could talk my way enough to get the client meeting, bring the expert. And a few years later, I was at one of these reward trips that I used to amazing create. so that yes. was kind of fun for me and I did that for about seven years and met all kinds of sales goals and even tried to get John as a client and he actually spoke at one of our events and said she didn't get me as a client but I married my insurance broker so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that story that's so funny so it's very funny so very cute Wor- worked out well and then after that I said you know what I think it's time for something like completely different. Um, John and I had just gotten married and mm-hmm. my office was all the way downtown. We were uptown, just became sort of an annoying commute. But can I just interject something, yes. Lizzie? Because I, I think your story for me has so much power and things that my parents and I have talked about over the years, which I think a lot of people don't talk about enough, which is the courage to leave something that whether it's safe or it's a paycheck or whatever, the courage you've had or whether it's done for you or you do it yourself to go into something new. There something else. I find that more people don't do that, that should, that realize they're unhappy and it's 30 years too late. And I just applaud the fact that you just kept deep diving into what's next. Again, a very creative personality <laughs> trait, my darling. That yes. is, that's, yeah. right? It's a little gypsy. It's, I it's great. That says for jobs. I think that says for relationships, like when you yes. stay too long and, you know, the fear. I mean, I remember when I was getting divorced, my mother looked at me and thought I was crazy. And what if you never get married again? What if, I said, I don't care. I said, I just, you know, you know when something's not right. You know when something's yes. not working. Did I feel brave in the moment? Also scared sure but I just felt like you know what I'll figure it out it'll work itself out one way or the other and I I wish more people that I totally agree with you and it's almost like when something like that happens whether it's with a job or a relationship and then you start to see almost other it's like the blinders come off and you start to see it with other people you kind of want to like take them by the shoulders (laughs) you gotta keep going you gotta keep going you gotta keep moving and I mean that's part of what I'm a little having problems with during this pandemic it's like you can get stuck and then you're like finding yourself not you know doing anything until 11 o'clock and you're like you can't even really go 
out for lunch, all of a sudden you feel like you're doing the same thing day yes. after day. Yeah. Yes. And so, look, I totally get it with doing this podcast. I think it's great and it's a great way to get everybody connected. I think it's amazing. Yeah. I also just think people need outlets. Some people don't even realize they needed one. Yeah. You know? yes. It's like, yes. well, that's a little bit how my Instagram has been for me. I mean, I was always a little snarky and sarcastic, but oh I my mean- God, Lizzie, you are, <laughs> you are seriously, I'm going to say my top 10 in my top 10 that I follow because I have a smile on my face with every post. <laughs> It's fantastic. So for those of you who aren't following, you're missing out. Get yeah, on the bandwagon, I mean, would you? That has been, I mean, if people have DM, they're like, seriously, where do you find this? What do you mean? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Like, and then, you know, I try to like not make my family too much the butt of it, but sometimes they're just really easy. To <laughs> <laughs> well, especially now. So let me ask you this. Are you going to, at some point in the near future, is LTD going to, is there a time frame you have for your next collab or your next anything? Are you allowed to tell Funny me? You should ask me that. I was on the phone with that today. I mean, the last few years I've done some great things around the holidays. Yes. And it's sort of been the holiday house, if you will. And it's been around travel or just things that I like that are amazing for gifts. And the goal is to be able to do that again. It's a little wow. challenging. In yes, of, I'll say. You know, I had done it at the Regency Hotel in New York, which is closed for the moment. So we're trying to figure out if maybe we're going to do it virtually Amazing. or online because I do have a website. So we're that's yes. what we're in the process of. Because I do think, I mean, as much for me personally, I love in-store shopping. You know, I appreciate the convenience of Amazon and Net-A-Porter and all of those things. But to me, I love the the experience of it, the seeing it, the hunting for it. The you know, feeling. Yeah. I mean, I'm tactile. What if it's itchy? You can't tell it's itchy when right. you're looking at it, you know? Right. And, and even when you're buying, like, even if it's gifts and not for yourself, it's like the whole concept of like, you discovered it someplace. Yes. Doing that online, I don't think it's as much fun. Um, Agreed. Again, appreciate the convenience that maybe it comes wrapped also, but I just think that there's still this need. I mean, I did something over the summer to kind of test the waters with Laline and yes. Mackenzie Leoto, who designs, well, first of all, he's been designing amazing masks and he does great jewelry. And I did it in, in our house in the Hamptons in our backyard. And we had 50 people over the course of a day, which in under the circumstances was, yes, I was pleasantly surprised. I'd say a raving success. Yes. And people yeah. were just so excited to get out of their house to see other people. Yes. You know, I think. And be buying, around goods. Yeah. And bu- but buying stuff, honestly, was like almost secondary to everything That's right. else. Yeah. It just was Agreed. like, oh my God, thank you for giving me an activity. Thank you for letting me see people, you know? And yes. I, I mean, it was very different. Everyone's coming in a mask. We're taking temperatures. Thing. I mean, I feel like, you know. Well, that's the protocol. It's what, what you listen, it's not going to be forever, yeah. but like you do what you have to do. Same thing I'm experiencing you at work. You got to do what you got to do. And you got to, I mean, I don't think it's a big deal. Like if, you know, if you walked into a restaurant and it says no shoes, no service, you know, you don't get offended. Right. Right. <laughs> Exactly. You put your shoes yeah. on, you put your shirt on. Like you don't walk through the hotel lobby naked. I mean, it's right. just yeah. not well, it was, you know, When the mask thing early on, people were making it an issue. And I just thought, y'all remember when seatbelts, it wasn't the law and then it was, and it took a couple months, but eventually we all just click it. Like, yeah. yep. that's or, what this is. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lizzie. <laughs> 
You understand now? I'm obsessed. All, all these personal protections, everyone's so <laughs> adverse to. You had doubts about me, I can tell, but I... I oh, <laughs> I want to ask, because you've had so, so many diverse, different things. Is there one or two, I don't like to call them failures, but have there been things where you kind of went, oh my God, and yet it's turned into the biggest gift or it's pivoted you in some way. Like, can you recall like something that you can share with us? Sure. I mean, look, I had three businesses ago. My old business partner and I created something sort of out of pure fluke because the market tanked in 2008. And it felt a little bit like now in terms of people weren't shopping. The world was sort of upside down. People had a real sense of uncertainty. It wasn't considered, you know, politically correct to be walking down Madison Avenue with shopping bags. And one of a designer that she used to work with called her and said, you know, no one's buying my stuff. I have this showroom. Maybe you can get some clients to come up to my showroom and I'll give them a discount, but we've got to keep it quiet because we don't want the department stores to know, et cetera. So we're talking about this. We're like, we got to keep it top secret. So we created this idea called shop secret. The concept was we sent out this very long, I mean, the first email was so ridiculous. I can't believe anybody even read it. It was like (laughs) three pages long. It was like, don't tell anybody. Make an appointment. (laughs) Keep your mouth shut. By the way, didn't tell you not to tell anybody. Over the course of a week, we had, you know, a decent amount of women coming up to this showroom. We probably did $200,000 worth of sales for this designer. And slowly but surely, that kind of turned into this crazy business where the original idea was that we were going to only work with designers that had showrooms, nothing on on Madison Avenue directly. But I think probably because at the time, we may be two of the best consumers in all of New York City that the the (laughs) store managers, you know, were asking what we were up to. And we told them. And this was kind of like back then, pre-sale wasn't really a a thing that happened. I was just going to say, yes, this is before it became like consignment and all that. Or you would get, right, or you would get an email like, you know, every week telling you it's going to go on sale, it's going to go on sale. It was really before that. And it was really before the internet had taken off. Like I think Net-A-Porter existed, but very few other things. So if you think about the designing cycle, people who are diehard fashion people buy fall collections starting in August. August, right. Okay. And then resort comes out somewhere around December and sales happen right after Thanksgiving. So if you're assuming your best customers and those who have to have it, they don't care if it's they're not price sensitive and right. they must have it, God forbid, because if it goes away, like and they waited for it to go on sale and then they're so upset. So you figure you get all those shoppers by the end of September, not later. So you have this weird window of sort of the last week of September to the second week in November, because once it hits November, the second week of November, everyone's right. waiting for the sale. So you yeah. have like a six week yeah. period where nothing is moving. There's no new merchandise in the stores. And it's just sitting there. So we kind of created the pre-sale concept. So we would have our members or whoever we invited come into the store. We'd literally sit in the store and like nod and glance at the salesperson and say, (laughs) that's one of ours. That's one of ours. And when they got up to check out, their discount would be there. And sometimes they'd wait six weeks to charge them. Sometimes they'd do it then. But it ended up being like a way for the success, Like a something. Yeah, exactly. And so this went on. And then we started working with all these young designers out of Europe who didn't have, who weren't in stores yet. And all of a sudden I woke up at like three in the morning. Oh, well, I should 
backtrack and say all of a sudden we started getting these emails and it was like a very low budget operation. It was like, yes. here's your email from at shop secret. And you would just RSVP and we'd have a list. And one day all of these emails kept coming in. Oh, and dear. my business partner was like, what is going on? We've been hacked. Okay. <laughs> and she, was like, <laughs> she responded to somebody and said, where did you get this email? Yeah. And the person wrote, oh, you were in some like it was like a daily candy type of thing or something right. and but the cover was blown and it was actually marjorie had given this interview and had said it's like this this sale it's she's like it's like a secret sale and you don't know when it's coming and you get yes, this marjorie and, then you, Goodman. and then you get a discount i mean so we started freaking out. We changed the email. We shut down the right. thing. We were like abort mission and whatever. We, we managed to like yeah. keep it going and save. But it was like a few weeks later after that moment, I said, I can't. And it was a no. great business concept. But I said, I can't deal with a business predicated on a secret. Like at some yeah. point, exactly. this is going to blow up in our faces. And it's just, I can't do it anymore. And I said, and I yeah. don't think people are coming because they're getting a discount. And I really think people are coming because they're getting access to things they can't find, That's right. they haven't seen before. And that really led to the creation of my old business, which was Sweet 1521, which we had for yes. several years, which was also yes. great. Um, Very great. And I think if we hadn't done that, we never would have gone there. And, you know, and then yeah. that too was time to just be done because, I mean, I said after that, the logistics of getting these clothes here and I had to go, I had to drive one day to Long Island to get a fish and wild life license because somebody marked off that something had ostrich feathers. I mean, you can't even imagine. And then dealing with like UPS and FedEx. I said, I could yeah. be like a, a customs broker by the time I'm done with all of this. No, life is too short for that stuff. Come on. You know, and so all these right. other things started happening. I was like, it's time to hang it up. <laughs> yeah. And then that's when LTD evolved. Right. It seems like each thing led to the next. Like, led to the next. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And LTD became this more of like, you know what? I don't want to be stuck in just the retail part of it. I think there's so yeah. many other fun things. And I think that's sort of the, the thing that is missing in retail is like, you don't want to walk into a store and be stuck with one category anymore. You no. want it to be, you right. know, not quite like a, a department store, which is very big and overwhelming, but the concept of being able to buy, you know, your socks and your bras and your wedding gown in one place yeah. is, you know, not so bad. And right. your shoes. But, but I also like the cross-pollination that LTD yeah. does, which is, yeah. you know, different artists, different venues, different kinds of of fashion with photography or fine yes. art with yes. jewelry. I don't know. Yes. I, I love that. I just really think that's so unique to you. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, it really is um, to cross pollinate like that. I just think was very inspired idea. I love it. Thank you so much. You're my <laughs> welcome. It's been fun. I, w I will say. I want to thank you so much for being thank on our so fabulous episode. You are. I loved uh, it. I mean, I'm so glad. And I didn't get beeped once. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> No, I think actually I'm going to have to get beat. Somehow some swear word escaped me, I'm sure. I, I was making a couple notes. We have a few we might have moments. Here. I mean, it might be the longest I've gone without using the F word. <laughs> My daughter will be so proud. Oh. Well, uh, thank you so much. And I can't wait thank to see you, you soon somewhere. Soon, soon. We're here. <laughs> Safe travels when and if. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and I adore you. <laughs> I adore you. Lovely to meet you, Christian. Lovely meeting you, ladies and gentlemen, the magical Lizzie Tish.